Welcome to the Life Central Podcast. It is so good to have you come and connect with us again this week. We trust that this session will be helpful to you in your faith journey. I want to speak a bit this morning to you about relationship breakers. Maybe your relation with the people around you, but mostly, what breaks your relation with God? And as I was preparing it, I said, yes, no preke luck of yourself. Because <laughs> I think we all need to hear this message this morning. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain a, a piece of scripture to you. And that's about the story of Samson. That I like a stark the Bible. And, uh, and uh, maybe I'm going to tell the story a little bit different than what you've heard it before. But stick with me. Because God has given me a very specific message for you this morning. So I'm going to start off by reading a scripture. Uh, just wait for it to, to come on the board there. This story is about Samson and, and his relation with God. I'm going to start off by reading Judges 13 verse 5. Samson's mom couldn't have children. Samson's dad's name was Manoah. And one day an angel of God appeared to Manoah's wife. We don't know her name. It doesn't say in the Bible. And the angel of God said to her, you're going to fall pregnant and you're going to have a son. But from his birth, this guy will be, he must be raised separate, and he must be raised as a Nazarite. Yes, you will give birth to a son. You must never cut the boy's hair. He is to be a Nazarite. He will belong to God from the time that he is born. He will begin to rescue the Israelites from the power of the Philistines. Now for us to understand the story, I need to explain to you what a Nazarite is. Don't mistake it with a Nazarene. That's a person that comes from, from Nazareth. And Nazarite is the following. It's written in Numbers 6 verse 2. God says to Moses, He, said, he says, says, tell the Israelites that if they, if they want to enter a special time with me, it's, like, it's almost like us deciding we're going to fast in these days. Eh? We're going to pray for something very, very specific. In those years, for a certain time, you became a Nazarite. And when you're a Nazarite, you were supposed to do the following. Tell the Israelites this. A man or a woman may want to take a special promise to the Lord. Uh, uh, take a special promise to the Lord. That will make him and her, uh, or her separate Please take note of the word, separate from the rest of the people, as a Nazarite. And here's what they should do when they take that vow of being a Nazarite. And, and you know, sometimes CNA, CMA, I think, I think sometimes when we put on these colors, we take a vow 
of being a Nazarite. Entering into a special relation with God. And Moses said to the people, he said, they will not drink wine. They must not drink the juice of grapes or eat grapes or raisins. Now, I often wonder why that specific, that specific vow. And, and some, sometimes I think it has to do with the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out on the cross. In those times, you were not supposed to eat any grapes or drink any wine in your time of being a Nazarite. And remember, Samson was supposed to be a Nazarite his entire life. They must not eat the seeds of grapes for the time that they are Nazarite. Next, next slide, number six, verse five. A person must not cut their hair during this time. And once again, they must be different than the rest of the people. I just want to pause there and tell you that sometimes, no, not sometimes, we always need to be different. Oh, James and his family went hunting this weekend. And, you know, when you're in the hunting field, the enemy must distinguish whether you're a hunter or whether you are a buck being hunted. And when we are on the hunting field, let's make sure that we are recognized as hunters for God. And you know, Pastor George always says, don't be a sheep with bok manure. Uh, let's be different when we're out there. Because we are, we are called by God for a specific purpose. So you will not cut your hair. His hair will show that he's separate from God. He uh, must also not touch a dead body because according to the laws of Israel, that will make you unholy. Um, he says, he must not go near a dead person. And it carries on that sentence, I cut it short, that, that says, even if one of his family members dies. During the time that a person is in Nazareth, they are holy because they belong to God. Numbers 6 verse 13 says, at the end of the time of a Nazarite, when he, when he, when he comes to that period, when he says, Lord, I've now achieved what I wanted to achieve. I'm now ending my period of being a Nazarite. He is a Nazarite for a certain time. When that time finishes, the people must bring him to the door of the tent of the meeting. Verse 14 said, there he must offer to the Lord. And it carries on what, the, what he must do there. And verse 15 said, and he must bring a basket of bread. And then verse 18 says, then the Nazarite must stand at the place where people go into the tent of Moses and he must cut his hair. That's how your period of being a Nazarite ends. Now let's go to the story of Samson. God told Samson's parents, this son will be separate for me from the time of his birth. There's a special calling on his life. He will save his people from the might 
of the Philistines. And Samson grew up with this anointment of God over him. And, and sometimes we think it's Samson's hair that made him strong. Yeah, he was not supposed to cut his hair, but it was because of the gift of the Holy Spirit over him that gave him strength. And you know what? When we are called for God, God gives us certain gifts. Some people have got the ability to stand in front here and explain the Word of God to people. And some people have got faith. When everybody else's faith fails, they believe. Some are good teachers. Some are good administrators. And the, and the Holy Spirit gives each one of us a special gift. Like in the case of Samson, it was his, his, his incredible power and strength. And as, as Samson grew up, he grew up knowing that he's a Nazarite. And as he became a young man, and it's time for him to get married, you know, there was a law in Israel that said, Israelites should only marry Israelites. And when Samson grew up, well, he seemed to have had a, a weak point for Philistine women. Because he fell in love with a, with a girl from, from Timna, was the town's name. And she was a Philistine woman. And he went to his parents and, and he said, Mom and Dad, I want to marry this woman. Go make the arrangements. And his mom and dad said, but Samson, why? Isn't, isn't there a woman amongst the Israelites that is better for you? But Samson had his head fixed. He wanted to marry this woman. And, and Samson went to Timnah. Now, can you remember one of the things of a, of a Nazarite? He was not supposed to eat grapes, hey? And as Simna, uh, Sim, Samson was approaching Timnah, the Bible says, and he weird all from the path. And he went into the vineyards. Well, Samson, what were you doing in the vineyards? You're not supposed to eat grapes. And you know, God is so faithful. God sent a lion. Like, here's a warning for you, Samson. You, you're busy straying on the wrong path here. But because Samson was so incredibly strong, he killed a lion. And, and then the Bible says, but Samson never told his mom and dad about this. You know why? They would have said, Samson, what mark you? You know you're not supposed to eat any grapes. What were you doing in the vineyard, Samson? And then a while later, as it was time for the wedding festival, Samson went back and he, and, and he wondered what happened to that lion. And remember one of the other vows that a Nazarite had to take, you will not touch something dead, eh? Samson went and he saw the carcass of the lion. He saw that there were honey inside the carcass. And he took the honey out. But he never told his mom and dad about it. Why? Because he knew he was doing wrong. Samson, you're not supposed to touch that lion. Because it's a dead body. It will make you unholy. And then at that wedding fest, Samson got into an argument with some of the Philistine guys. And he, and he said to them, listen, yeah. Let me put you to the test. I'm going to give you a riddle. And if you solve this riddle, then, then I will give you 30 sets of clothing. But, if, but if, if you can't, you must give me 30 sets of clothing. 
and, and, he, and he gave them a riddle about the lion. He said, here's how it goes. Out of the eater comes something to eat. Can you remember the rest? And out of the strong came something sweet. And, and he said, what's this riddle? And, and you know the story. The Philistines went to, to this girl from Timna, and, 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 and they said to her, listen here, find out from Simpson, man, what is the answer to this riddle? Otherwise, we must give him 30 sets of clothing. And, and, then, and then this woman from Timna nagged at Simpson. And, and, and Samson told her the secret. He said, the answer is, what is stronger than a lion and what is sweeter than honey? And, and, and she went to the enemy. And, and, and can I just stop myself there again? You know, whenever we're busy with things that we're not supposed to do, there's always somebody working for the enemy that is trying to cut us off by the knees. And that's exactly what this woman was doing. And she went and she told the Philistines, and then the Philistines, Samson gave them seven days to figure out this, this riddle. And on the seventh day, the, 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 the Philistines came to Samson, and, and they gave him the answer. And he was so upset. He said, you never would have figured this out. out. I never even told my mom and dad, but, but I told my fiance. And he was so cross, he went and he killed 30 Philistines. And he took off their clothes and, 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 and he gave it to the people that he owed the clothes to. But let me ask you something. How did Samson get those clothes off the dead people if he was not supposed to touch the bodies? You know, that's what the devil does to us. Because we also stand in a special relation with God. Sometimes we do a little thing wrong. Oh, man, we're just going to have some grapes, you know. And, and then you know what? Nothing happens. Because God is gracious. And we, and we mistake His grace for acceptance. But let me tell you, when you start straying, God doesn't accept it. Don't mistake God's grace for acceptance. Because remember what happened to Adam and Eve when they did something wrong. They were removed from the presence of God. And the minute me and you start doing something wrong, God might be gracious with you. But slowly but surely, you are busy walking away from the anointment over your life. Somebody said to me yesterday, he said, you know, when God gives you something, He never go back, goes back on His words. He never takes back what is given from you. But you know what we sometimes do? We walk out from under that promise. Do you remember, you guys that are older as me, years ago there was an ad on TV, the, 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 the Santam umbrella, the little yellow umbrella, eh? covering everything. But sometimes we walk out from under that umbrella. We, we walk out of the anointments out of our lives. God says, there in the Revelation 1, He says, I saw the Son of Man standing with the leaders of the church, like stars in their right hands. You know what? Nobody can take you out of God's hands. But sometimes we just jump off ourselves because of the things that we do. 
So now I want to ask you some questions. Now I want to ask Samson some questions. Samson, what were you doing in the vineyards? You know you were not supposed to be there. How did you get the honey from the dead lion? You know you're not supposed to touch that dead, dead body. How did you remove from the, from the clothes from the Philistines without touching their bodies? And then one day, Samson went to the land of the Philistines again. And he got himself a nice prostitute and he slept with her. And the Philistines found out that he was in town. And, and they wanted to catch him. But Philist, uh, Samson was so strong, he took the doors of the, of, the, of the wall around the city. And he just removed them. And he just walked away with those doors. You know, God, even though Samson were doing things wrong, even if he slept with a prostitute, God's anointing was still on this man. And, and I think Samson made the mistake that, that sometimes we all make. We think because we are getting away with things that God will never take his anointing away from us. So now I want to come to, to this Afrikaans chick that Samson met. And I know she was Afrikaans because it's in her name. So it's the Lilla Philistine. Okay. <laughs> so Samson, Samson had, a, had a weakness for Philistine women. And he, and he met this girl, Delilah. But once again, Delilah was on the enemy's payroll. And, and whenever we stray from God, I guarantee you there's somebody on the enemy's payroll lurking in the back. Be careful of the people that you mix with. And Delilah came to Samson and she said, Samson, if you really love me, tell me why you are, you are so strong. And, and Samson didn't want to tell her. But you know what? I think the enemy was just lulling Samson into a false sense of security. And Samson said to her, you know what? If you take seven bowstrings and you bind me, I'll be weak. And, and you know the story she did when he fell asleep. Now, yes, I don't understand this. Eh? If, if I'm involved with a woman and, and, and she pulls a trick like that on me, she would never see me again. But you know, sometimes the enemy misleads us so much, we don't see the wrong anymore. And, and, and then she came to him again. She said, Samson, I thought you said you love me. Well, what's the secret of your, stre of your string? And he told her, now you, you must tie me with fresh, fresh ropes. And, and once again, she led him into a trap, but he didn't see it. I think the enemy makes us blind. And, 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 then, and then she asked him again, and this time, he really got close to the truth. He said, what you should do, you must tie my long hair into seven bows or knots, and then I'll be weak. You see how we, now, now we're already at the hair, the secret of his strength. And then finally, Samson did the unthinkable. He traded his commitment, his vow to God for the affection of a slut. Because that's what he did. Samson was supposed to cut his hair on the steps 
of the tent of the meeting place. And instead of that, he let Delilah cut his hair. And the minute he did that, God never took his anointment away from, from Samson. But Samson broke his vows, his covenant with God. When he said, you can cut my hair, something that was supposed to happen on the, te on the steps of the temple, in the presence of God. And Samson was no longer a Nazarite. He walked out from under the anointment on his life. I want to ask you a question. I think I'll put it on the next slide. What is the name of your Delilah in your life at the moment? Are you not supposed to be standing in a covenant, the covenant that Jesus made on the cross for us? Are you busy squandering it away for the affection? Maybe a woman. Maybe a guy. Maybe your Delilah's name is unforgiveness. Or maybe it's some other addiction like watching porn. What is the name of your Delilah? And, 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 and maybe the Holy Spirit is reminding you this morning that Slowly but surely, just like, like eating the grapes, just like touching the dead body. Slowly but surely, Satan is, is leading you away from God. And you're not even recognizing the fact that somebody on the devil's payroll is busy leading you away, conning you into a false sense of security. And you're not even realizing it. Are you not supposed to be protecting those around you like Samson is supposed to do? Are you not supposed to be a dad or a mother or the president of your club? Or, or, or just leading the people around you to God? But instead of doing that, you've traded the anointment that God has placed on your life for somebody that's on the devil's payroll. So maybe God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe the Holy Spirit is reminding you of, of the fact that you slowly but surely have strayed away. Spoke to somebody yesterday. And they said, Josh, God has spoken to me and said, it's time for me to come back. I'm needed here, my original calling. And I was just wondering this morning, what is, it, what is the talent that God gave you to live out amongst your brothers and sisters? And are you just busy squandering that away and not doing what God has called you for? That special gift that the Holy Spirit has given you, like he gave Samson great power and great strength, are you using that to the glory of God to make the church, the church of, I'm not talking about this church, I'm talking about the church of God. You've got a special gift, and a gift is always to serve God's kingdom. Are you using it at this moment?
sometimes I think we get so complacent, like Samson. He thought, never, I'm so strong. Never will anybody be able to take this away from me. I'm such a good singer. I'm such a good preacher. I'm such a good president. You know what? I'm just doing it out of my own strength. No, you're not. No, you're not. The only reason why God has given you a talent is because He wants you to serve Him. And not to use your talent for your own benefit. Let me give you a couple of examples. Maybe God has really given you a great talent for music. But instead of using it to the benefit of God, you sing in karaoke in the pub for your friends. That's not why God gave you the talent. Maybe God gave you a special talent to lead people. And instead of leading them to God, you're busy leading them away from God. Maybe God has given you wonderful finances, the ability to work with money. And instead of using it to, to further God's kingdom, you're using it just for a comfortable life. Don't become so complacent. God will never take your gifting away. It's written in the Bible. But don't walk out from under that yellow umbrella. And you find yourself where Samson found himself. But I'm so glad that's not where the story ends. Last slide. You know, they caught Samson and they poked his eyes out. They put him in prison, prison and they used him to grind wheat. He was doing the work that an ox or a donkey should be doing. And I think for the first time in Samson's life, he came to realize what he had. He came to realize that God gave him a specific gift to use for his people. And in that prison, the Bible says, and Samson's hair started growing again. But you know what? I think in that prison, without eyes, blind, Samson came, Samson came to realize, I have to renew my vows with God. And he said, Lord, please think of me. Please give me strength one more time. You know, I was, oh, I was not physically in prison, but just like Samson, spiritually I had my eyes poked out. <laughs> I was sitting in front of the scrap metal dealer in Boxburg, selling scrap metal, trying to stay alive. And I came to God and I said, Lord, there was a time when I was a prince in your kingdom. Look where I am now, sitting in prison with my eyes poked out. Lord, may I become a prince in your kingdom again, please? And God says that. He says that in, in, in Exodus and in Deuteronomy. Deuter, what's the word? Deuteronomy. Thank you very much. He says, if you come to that place where you're straight far away from me, and you know you've done wrong, you ask me for forgiveness, and you come back to me, I'll accept you back immediately. And maybe, maybe you're sitting in prison. And, and, and maybe you know that you're not there where God wants you. Uh, as I was preparing this this morning, I was thinking about, oh, oh Joseph, when, when, when that woman wanted him. You know, remember there in Egypt, eh? There's only one way to treat a bad woman. 
or a bad husband in a bad relation, uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a relation outside a wedlock, you run away from them like Joseph did. You, you, you can't toy with something or someone that the devil has put on your path. You need to get rid of it in your life. And I don't know what the Delilah is in your life this morning, but I'm telling you now, you need to get rid of it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you your spiritual eyesight. You need to get rid of it. So maybe this morning you want to do what I did very, very early this morning when it was still dark outside. I said, Lord, it's time for me to renew my commitment with you. Lord, I know that I've strayed away a little bit. And maybe you are also, you've also strayed away and you're sitting in prison and you've got your eyes poked out and you know you're in the wrong place. It's time for you to return. Maybe you want to pray, Lord, please give me back my anointing so that I can serve you with that anointing that you've given me. Now, if I've spoken to you this morning, you don't have to stand to impress me. But if you want to stand in front of God this morning as a sign that says, Lord, I want to return. I've strayed away. I'm going to ask Marcus to come up and just play the guitar for us. I want to pray over you this morning. I want to pray for you. So I want everybody to close, close their eyes and bow their heads just out of respect for the people that's going to stand up now. And if I've spoken to you this morning and you know you're in the wrong place, I want you to stand up before God because I want to pray for you. And in this prayer this morning, I'm going to include myself. I'm going to give one last chance before I'm going to pray. It is a sock to sing your own court. Let's close our eyes and let's just be aware of the presence of God. Let's just be aware of how He's restoring relations, how He's giving you a fresh anointment. Father, I know that there's a reason why you wrote this little sentence into, the, into God's prayer and lead us not into temptation. Because, Father, the enemy can distract us so easily. But, Lord, this morning we want to come anew and afresh. And just stand in front of you and just recognize that we've strayed away from you. We're not quite there where you want us to be. Lord, this morning we want to thank you for the covenant on the cross. For the commitment you've made by giving your life. And this morning, we just want to answer anew and afresh 
and saying, Lord, you've given us a gift. And Lord, we want to commit that we, wanna, that we will use that gift that you've given us to work in your kingdom, to passionately work to bring people to you, to passionately work in the harvest field that you've set out for us. And Father, help us that we will not get tired. And Father, if I can repeat those words from the Holy Prayer, and lead us not into temptation. Let us not go for the grapes. Let us not do the things that are wrong. And Father, those weaknesses in our lives, Father, I ask that you make us aware of it, and that it will stand out like a red warning sign whenever we approach those areas, that we will not go there, but that we will be faithful to you and that we will keep on working for you until you come and cut our hair. Lord, let us never break our relation and commitment to you. Father, and as I pray for my brothers and sisters that are standing, I ask that you do a fresh work in their hearts this morning, that they will once again become passionate for the work that you've set aside for them. And Father, those Delilahs in our lives, Father, help us to run away from it and not pay any attention to it. Help us to be separate and stand holy in front of you. Help us to live lives that are, that are separate from the world around us. Help us to work in that harvest field, but not be part of that harvest field. Father, I speak this over my brothers and sisters, and I, I declare it, and I ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much. And as we depart this morning, I just want to remind you the gifting that God has given you. There's a sign over the door that says, you are now entering the harvest field. That's why you have that gifting. Use it. And use it passionately. I hope to see you all next week. If you enjoyed this session and you'd like to know more about us, then please come and connect with us through our website, our social media platforms, and come subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are listed below. Beyond that, we trust that you have an incredible week.